would you turn to Psalms 34? I want to welcome everybody who's joining in online on Facebook or YouTube. Thank you for being a part of our service. I typically like to preach in series, so I'll do a series that'll go two, three weeks, or, or sometimes even more, four or five weeks. But today's just a one-shot sermon, all right? Just, I got one, one bullet in the gun, and that's it. And today's message is this, God is good. God is good. I want to talk to you today about the goodness of God and what that means for us. And we're going to pray for people at the end of service today. I really feel like God wants to minister to some people. And so Psalms 34, if you have your Bibles, if you're new to the church or first time here, we'll put these scriptures on the screen. If you have a phone, you can also follow along there. Psalms 34, verse number one says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah. Those verses have nothing to do with what I'm talking about today, but they were so good, I just felt like I had to read them. Come on now. I thought, I can't read from Psalm 34 and not read those verses. I will bless the Lord at all times. Hallelujah. Moving right along. Verse number eight. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, taste and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Taste. Tasting is an action. It's an experience. Seeing is a perception. It, it is something that, that is a result of something else. In other words, perception is, is based on an experience. So he says this, the psalmist said this, taste, if you would just taste of God, if you would just experience God, you would then begin to perceive this, that he is good. Hallelujah. He is a good God. You know, some of us sometimes, because of our experiences with religion, because of our experiences growing up, and because of our experiences maybe in the home, our perception of who God is sometimes needs to be altered and just adjusted a little bit. We're told all of our life that, that Jesus loves us, but sometimes we don't fully understand God. Does God really love us, or is he judgmental, or, or is he just someone who is just looking out to just try to get us back into line or just try to force us into some sort of lifestyle. But I need you to know this. You have to know that God is good. He is good. And you have to experience him to know it. You have to taste and see it for yourself. You know, I, I tell this story often that I was 40 years old before I ever ate a pineapple. I just wouldn't touch the thing. You know, there's some things you look at and you just go, that's not for me. I don't want anything to do with that. Black-eyed peas, you look at them and you go, no, no, not going to be a part of my life. I thought that of pineapple. I never tried it. And people would say, oh, you need to try this. You need to taste it. I'm like, no, I, I'm good now. And years went by and years went by. And for some reason, I didn't even know what I was thinking or what compelled me to. I just thought, okay, I'm going to taste a, I'm going to take a bite of a pineapple. And the minute I bit into it, it was like whew, straight to the Caribbean. I was like, whoa, this is incredible. <laughs> like, I absolutely loved it from the very moment that I ate of it, and now I can't get enough of pineapple. It's just like the greatest thing. Now, it still doesn't belong on pizza. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you, that is ungodly to put pineapple on a pizza. I'm not sure of your salvation if you do that. But, but just by itself, fantastic. Well, God wants you to know this. If you would experience him, if you would begin to just know this deep down in your heart, whether it's through a time of worship, a time of prayer, coming into a place, or just building relationships, if you can just know that he is good. See, sometimes when we think about receiving from God, sometimes when we think about, okay, how do I get, how do I get my prayers answered? How do I get through what I'm going through? Right? We, we sometimes think of receiving from God as being a formula. Well, if I, if I do this and then this, I'll receive this. And so A plus B must equal C. And so we think if I'm just saying the right thing and doing the right thing, then I'll receive the right thing. But what happens with that kind of thinking is that puts faith into a formula, right? And faith then becomes faith in faith, Instead of faith in God, we just put faith in faith, that we put, put faith in the formula, that we make God out to be a slot machine. If we put the quarter in and we pull the lever, that, that maybe we'll get what we want. And, and missing along the way is the believing part. You go, well, pastor, I'm saying the right thing and I'm doing the right thing, but do you really believe the right thing? And the right thing to believe is that God is good. In fact, I want to give you two truths that you have to nail down. They have to be unshakable. It has to be the foundation of your relationship with God. And the first one is this, that God is good. And the second one is this, is that he doesn't show favorites. Know this, God is good all the time. He is good. He is a good God. Experience this. In fact, Psalms 107 would say this, give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is good. Hallelujah. In fact, the writer of that Psalms in verse 8, verses 15, verses 21, and verses 31, then said the exact same thing. Oh, that men would praise him for his goodness. Huh? He just thought it was such an incredible statement that he just said it over and over again in the same psalm. That men would praise him for his goodness, for his goodness, for his goodness. That you would know, that you would taste, that you would experience and then perceive, see it, that God is good, that he's a good God. It has to be the cornerstone of your faith. It has to be the foundation of your relationship with God, that everything you know about God, you see through the lens of this, that he is a good God, that he is a good father, and that he wants to give you good things. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, listen, it's the answer to every question, because some of you are wondering today, why am I going through what I'm going through? And you're saying to God, God, why now and why me? Why this? Huh? And you're just asking these questions. And the answer to every question is this, God is good. You say, Pastor, does it answer the question? Yes, it does. Because you know that you know that you know that he is good, right? then you know that he's going to get you to the other side because you know that you know that he is good, that you're going to get to through the storm, that you're going to make it. Listen, why? Because he is a good God. 
I know this. I serve a good God. Amen? He is a good father. And regardless of what your earthly father was like, regardless of your past experiences with Christianity or religion, know this here today. Get it deep down in your spirit that you serve a good God. He is good. Amen? He's a good God. And listen, and he doesn't play favorites. He doesn't play favorites. Do you know that when the rich young ruler came to Jesus, watch this, this is not on your screen, we don't have a scripture for it, but when the rich young ruler came to Jesus, he says to Jesus, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Right? And Jesus says back to him, why do you call me good? Because nobody is good but God. Right? Now, Jesus was saying this. He, he wasn't saying he's not good. In other words, Jesus was not separating himself from God. He was actually doing the exact opposite. He wasn't challenging the guy and getting him to change his statement. He was just questioning why he made the statement. Now, he was saying to this young man, why do you call me good? There's nobody good but God. So either I'm not good or I'm God. Now the question is, which one do you think is right? Because Jesus is God, right? In fact, it says this in Hebrews chapter 1. It says that he was actually the full character of God. He's the full character of God. In other words, when you see Jesus, you saw God. And then in Acts chapter 10, it says of Jesus, and he went about what? Doing good. The source of goodness is God. You ever look at somebody and you go, that's a good man. That's a good woman. That's a good person. What makes them good? Kindness. Huh? Willingness to give. Willingness to sacrifice. You think of all these things. That's a good person. That's a good person. Right? Well, where did they get that from? It all comes from God. The source of all goodness is God. And listen, and you get to have a relationship with a good, good father. And he does not show favorites. In Acts chapter 10, in that very same chapter, it actually talks about Jesus right now. Peter's preaching about Jesus there, but, but Peter is in the house of a Gentile. Now let me just set it up for you real quick. He's in the house of this Gentile whose name was Cornelius, Peter gets a vision that this is going to happen, that he's going to be connected with Gentiles, right, through, through a vision that God gave him. And he comes into Cornelius' house, and Cornelius says, okay, you know what, I, I, I'm, we're all here, we gathered around, he got his friends and family, and we're here to, to hear what you have to say. And Peter had a vision that he would be standing there doing that very thing. And he stands there, and the first thing Peter says is this, Okay, now I know that God does not show favorites. Hmm? He doesn't have favorites, right? Or I should say this, he doesn't show favoritism. Because I got a buddy on Facebook who had nine daughters. Hello. How's that wedding bill working out for you? All right. Nine daughters. Right. And then he had a son. And he quit. He was going to get a boy one way or another, right? 
but he had nine daughters. And so he would put, the first time I saw it, I was a little confused because he would put, I want to wish a happy birthday to my favorite daughter, Rachel. And I go, you can't, you can't put that out there. What's he doing? And so I just thought it was weird, you know, and then like, you know, when you got nine kids, you got birthdays all the time, you know, so then it's like a month later, and then he would put this, I want to wish a happy birthday to my favorite daughter, Bethany. And then I noticed he was doing this with all of his kids, because he would say, they're all my favorites. (laughs) Listen, I want you to know something, you're God's favorite. Come on now, turn to the person next to you and say, I am God's favorite. I'm his favorite, right? Because if you've got brothers or sisters, sometimes you'll, you'll talk about it, you know? I, I let my sister know very clearly, I'm the favorite, and that's just the way it is, and you could like it or lump it. That's just how it is, all right? But you know with this? You're God's favorite. Because here's, watch this. In Acts chapter 10, when, when Peter says those words, in, in the New King James, it actually says that God does not show partiality. And the word partiality in the Greek means to show your face, right? In other words, what Peter is saying is this, God never rejects it when you show him your face. He never rejects your face. So when you turn your face towards him to ask him something, the Bible says he never rejects your face. You've got a face that your father loves. He loves your face. In fact, the Bible says he actually carves it into the palm of your hand. And he loves when you come before him. Listen, this changes everything. Did you hear me now? It changes everything. Because you go from knowing God's able, right? We all know God's able. There's not a person in this room that doesn't believe that God can perform miracles. We sang about it today. Hey, God of miracles, right? He's the God of miracles. But I just don't know if he's going to perform a miracle for me. He's able. I'm just not sure he's willing. Know this. Not only is he able, he's a good father, and he is willing. Hallelujah. And it's just not some formula that I'm just trying to plug in and and see what happens and and pull the lever and maybe he's in a good mood or maybe he's not in a good mood. He is a good God. We don't put our faith in formulas. We put in a faith in God who's never failed us. He's never let us down. In good days, he's good. In bad days, he's good. Through the storm, he's good. When I can't see light at the end of the tunnel, guess what? He is still good. Hallelujah. He's a good God. We sang this morning this song called Do It Again. I didn't even know we were doing this song. And as we're singing it, right, there's some words to it. And it says this, your promise still stands, great is your faithfulness. And it goes on to say, you have never failed me, Lord. Right? But the original, original words to the song are different. And Pastor Mark and I got together and we said, you know what? We don't like the original words because the original words or the song is, you've never failed me yet. Right? Never failed me yet. Now, I just believe that the writer of the song, what he meant was, you've never failed me yet and you never will. Right? But when some people sing it, they go, you've never failed me yet, but any day now. You know what I'm saying? Because you know I'm the worst Christian out there. I mean, you know what I'm saying? 
I mess up, I've failed, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just not, I'm, I'm just not that good. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like, okay, you've never failed, you know, pastor, but me, I just don't know about. You need to know this, he'll never fail you. Come on now. It's not about being perfect Christian or doing everything right or, or making sure that, that you're saying the right thing all the time. Because how many of us have ever said the wrong thing? Right? How many of us have ever had doubts? How many of us have questions? How many of us wonder? Listen, know this. In the middle of your doubts and questions and struggles and, and wondering, know this. God is still good. Amen. He's still good. So why don't you ask? Why don't you just ask? Huh? Why don't you just come before him and say, okay, God, I'm not perfect. Man, I've really blown it. I've made so many mistakes. I've, I, I've had some failures. I mean, I, I've, I've yelled at my wife. I've yelled at my kids. I've, I've done things I shouldn't have done. I've, I've said things I shouldn't have said. And, and so, you know, the devil will tell you, well, well, you're disqualified now. You've blown it. You've gone past it. I mean, you, you, you didn't keep your faith. You've lost it now. But God is good. So I'm going to go before him, and I'm going to ask. Hallelujah. Just ask. Amen. And I'm not asking based on some formula that I've been perfect, that I've said the right thing. all the Now, should you say the right thing? Absolutely. Why? Because it builds your faith, right? It builds your faith. And should you do the right thing? Absolutely. You should do the right thing. You should be living right. Of course you should. But we're not coming to him based on our works, we're coming to him based on his goodness. Listen, I give to God a tithe and offerings over and above. Why? Because he's good, right? You say, well, pastor, the word of God teaches it. Sure it does, but, but I give it to him because he's good. I, I got hands lifted up worshiping him. Why? Because he's good, right? Not to get the goosebumps. I'm not looking to soothe the struggles that I've had all week. I'm not just out for him to go, oh, you're okay, you're going to make it. I'm doing it because he's good, amen? I serve because he's good. I give because he's good. I show up here because he's good. Because he's good, it revolves around everything that I do. It is the cornerstone of my faith. He's a good God. So why don't you ask? You say, well, pastor, I've asked. You ask again. And you keep asking, and you step up here today in faith. Not faith in a formula, faith in God's goodness. Because it says this, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, and blessed is the man who puts his trust in him. I'm going to ask Pastor Mark to come today. And I, I talked to Pastor Mark before service, and sometimes I'll hit him with some, some strange requests. I said, here's what I want to do. I want to end service a few minutes early today, if the Holy Ghost allows it. And I want us to sing a song that many of you may have not have heard or sung in many years. Because when I was a kid, we used to sing a song called, God is so good. And we would sing it over and over. And then we'd make it personal. God, you're so good. And then we'd say this, he answers prayer. 
And we would just sing it over and over again. And here's what happened. As a 10-year-old boy, I'd hear this song, and something just got planted on the inside of me, a seed, right? And I told you, I got saved because I didn't want to go to hell. But I'm staying saved because of his goodness. Because I've realized that throughout my life, all these years, decades now, I love him, I serve him, I give, I worship because of his goodness. And listen, I've gone through struggles, man. We've had ups and downs. And listen, the last couple weeks have been rough, rough in my life. I just tell you right now. But I know that through it all, he's going to get me to the other side. Not because I'm doing everything right. Right? but because he's good, right? Because he's good. And so would you stand to your feet today? Listen, if you joined us on Facebook, I want to thank you for being a part.